My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Hey, good morning. Good morning. You know, I've been joking around with Apollo calling him Apollo. I think he's kind of getting mad at me for it, but it, it, it uh, which by the way, is the, antith- it's, it's the antithesis of who he is. Because uh, Apollo is a chicken, and he is definitely not a chicken. Well, I don't know. Trust the science. Ah! Yeah, I'm a conservative chicken. <clears throat> we have a we have a guest today. Yeah, we have an awesome guest today. Yeah, I was talking with him last night, and I was I was so pumped talking to Mario. But before we bring Mario on, I want I want to say this. So Mario is is the person that spoke at, at the school board meeting. It was a school board meeting. I think it was a school board yep, meeting. Yep. And he talked about uh, he t- he talked about gays against groomers. Well, and he talked about what they're doing to children. And it was fire. This went viral uh, a couple weeks ago uh, after he spoke there. Uh, he was connected uh, and is working with Steve Schneider out of California as well, uh, who put on uh, – they went and put on a show at the school board in Caneo Valley. Um, so I, I'd like to, if you're ready to jump into it, I want to play a, a little bit of Mario's speech from the school board meeting. It was fire. And before you do that, I want, I want everybody to understand something. My business partner of 10 years is a gay, married, Jewish father of two. Boy Scout leader, great man, probably one of the best men I've ever met. And so uh, there are people out there that say that they fight for and stand up for others. One of the things that they've had a hard time doing is they, they want to call me names, but they can't. I have, a, I have a pretty diverse background, but I want to I tell you something. Showing the, this is the unity that I'll talk about. This is the unity I'm, I'm willing to accept. I don't have to live their lifestyle. They don't have to live mine, but we're all the same. We all bleed the same, and when we die, we're all the same color. We all have a soul. So I, I want to say that because not because it's necessary for you to hear that, but because you needed to hear that I'm with Mario. I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with Mario. He's in the gap. Yeah, he's, standing, yeah. he's standing up against the evil that is in our society. And those people that are evil want to divide us. We accept each other where we are, not where we want them to be. That is the true meaning of having one faith, two, following an ethical and moral life. And so hats off to Mario. We'll have him on here in a second, but let's go ahead and play this. Coalition 
with over 250,000 followers across social media and as the uncle of two students in your district. It has come to our attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night, you don't teach them to stand up to bullies, you don't pay their medical bills, and you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. Simple truths based in science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must... So the, there's now too much lawn... Uh too much left in the video you go check this out on twitter we're going to be sharing it on socials again as well uh but mario is on freaking fire uh and i really enjoyed talking with him last night before the show so uh let's uh let's bring him on uh mario thank you very much for joining the show welcome thank you for having me let me turn my light down a bit hey what what is that behind you is that an american flag that garden flag. I don't even know, know how you did it's that. It's the only flag that can represent everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if you're left. It doesn't matter. It's it's a hope, and that's that's why I fly it. You know, I uh, I got a chance to watch a couple of interviews that you did before, and I'm amazed by the character. Your character. Thank you. And uh, you know it. It it's it's. We're standing up for an I, not for an ideal, and, and I, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. But you, you said I have two nephews that are inside the school system. Right. Well, it's funny because I have a niece and a nephew niece in that nephew. specific school system. Um, but you know, I'm Hispanic, so when we say one, it's I'm not going to say a niece and a nephew. I'd say two nephews. All right. So, um, so tell so what what made you come forward? What made you step in the gap and do the things that you're doing in order to protect children? Well, I've been doing this since about 2013. I was alarmed at a video I saw on MSNBC with Melissa Paris Harry. Will Witt recently resurfaced the video where she's talking about the children don't belong to their parents, but children belong to the community. And that raised an alarm to me. And I was 33 years old at the time. I said, I have to do something. So I'd been out on the streets. I'd been trying to just kind of get the message out there that these people are out there trying to create this separation. And then, you know, I got caught up in the red wave of 2019. I stepped out from behind the computer screen. I started communicating with a local group. And then Gays Against Groomers was established about May, June. And they reached out. They said, hey, we've seen all the work you've done. Would you like to become part of our, our group? And I said, absolutely. I can definitely lend my talents to you guys. And when this father, Steve, 
reached out to Gays Against Groomers, I happened to catch the message and go, oh, I, I'm an hour away. I happen to have a niece and nephew in the district. It's one of those things that the left is trying to say, oh, he's an uncle. What does he care? And I thought to myself, you know, that's really, really <laughs> racist of you because Latinos have really big families. So if my brother or my sister has a problem with their child, their tío is going to get involved. The tía is going to get involved. The whole family gets involved. We don't treat pregnancy like an infection or like a disease that needs to be resolved we want to have children we cherish our children so when i heard this was happening in a district that i could actually speak at as a uncle as a family member i decided i needed to do that i wrote my speech up the night before i you know i was inspired i wanted to make it as clear uh, and succinct as possible because i wanted people to understand that this is not just a gender affirming this is actually really harmful for our kids it's not just how you feel this is putting our children in a situation where we're sterilizing them for the future and that's scary and and mario kids age you know five to i think even 18 i mean you're, you're, you're trying to find yourself there's a, there's a period of time where you're uncomfortable anyway and they're they're preying on that uncomfortability of those kids within that age group and it, it and i think that everyone can agree look if you if you grow up and and you're and I have a friend who we knew he was gay when he was like nine. <laughs> like everybody knew he was gay. The world knew he was gay. Matter of fact, I think they should have changed his middle name. We knew. We accepted him. I mean, it was just a. It, it was. It wasn't even right. a thing. But kids have to be able to go through that process by themselves and process those things. Now, I'm not saying leave people Correct. And there's nothing yeah. more homophobic than a parent who sees their child at nine years old and says, oh, my God, my son's gay. He's going to be into boys. There's nothing more homophobic than turning that boy into a little girl so that you have no family shame. Oh, I don't have a little boy who's gay. I have a little girl. That's yeah. literally erasing homosexuality. Well, and it, 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 it creates, it dazes and confuses people in the community. And, and uh, so, by the way, we didn't say that he was gay at nine. We just all knew. So when he, he came out when he was like 22, we were like, really? <laughs> right. I think you're right. the only one that didn't know. <laughs> My own grandmother knew with me. She's like, oh, yeah, Mario's different. He's not going to be the same like other little boys. Um, you just have to take care of him. And my family was really, they, they were very supportive. They're like, okay, he may be a little more feminine. He doesn't really like these these things, but he also does get down and dirty. So just leave him, let him grow up to be the person he's supposed to be, and look at what I've done now. Right, and you're standing out against something that I think is is pretty powerful. I, I have to ask you a bunch of questions. I have a ton of questions to ask you. Now, as so my business partner, before you came on, I said this, my business partner of 10 years, gay, married, Jewish, father of two, try to put that all in one little basket. It's like a big, kind of a big basket. I mean, he, very, very, very spiritual, right? Very religious, um, has two kids, married to a woman, but he's gay. And uh, he has orange hair too. I told him I was going to put, put a picture of him up here, and he's like, "Don't you dare!" <laughs> right? He painted. He put his hair he orange. Did, he didn't did. He? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I started calling him Mr. President. He yeah. like that. <laughs> um, but he came out to me in my office in 2012. He says, "Joe, I need to talk to you about something." And uh, like everyone, I think his wife knew at the time. Like it, she had to have. And he goes, "I need to tell you something." And he told me, and I was like, uh, "Is that it? Is that all? Is that all you're going to tell me?" I think as a society, we're actually really, really accepting. But I think what they're doing right now 
is trying to make it so we're not accepting, so that we're paranoid about each other, that we're thinking that everyone is behind is the boogeyman. And I think this evil is doing that to our, creating this anxiety in our community that doesn't allow for us to have authentic conversations because you can't you can't speak your mind. You can't you can't have a conversation with someone and. Chris and I joke about it. We'll joke, walk down the hallway, and I'll say something to him, and he'll say something back to me around other people until we got an HR department about 2016, then we <laughs> kind of bring it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But don't you feel like it's it's actually creating massive division in our society? Oh, it not, absolutely not is. I see it. I see this community trying to create a divide between parents and kids and basically turn kids into little snitches, little rats. Oh, my parents aren't accepting of me. And they're convincing these children that your parents aren't going to accept you the way that you are. Um, I ha have received countless of stories of people telling me, oh, my child came out as gay and they were surprised that I just loved them no matter what. Like, I knew. I didn't care. And so the child almost has to push the next limit to find something that their parent is going to disapprove of because they didn't disapprove of your sexuality, honey. Like that's the least of their concerns. They're more concerned with your grades. They're more concerned with your, you know, your safety. They're more concerned with your health um, than who you're sleeping with. And they just want you to be safe. They want you to be careful. It doesn't matter whether you're sleeping with a woman or you're sleeping with a man. There are pitfalls that every every society has. And one of the biggest pitfalls is um, literally making your sexuality your entire sense of identity. Uh, we see this in the swingers groups because, you know, th that's really what they're into. Everything plays a second fiddle. And then when the relationship falls because you've been sleeping around, oh, it's not the fact that I was a swinger. It's not the fact that I introduced other people into my bedroom. <laughs> it was everybody else's fault that I, my, my relationship failed. And I've been for many years trying to raise the alarm going high. The gay community is very into that, and I'm not. And I'm a different animal. I don't act like them. I wish that our children would be able to see that and we could have these conversations. But that comes in due time. It should be parents having these conversations, not the schools, and especially not teachers. Well, you know, you, you, you just packed a big punch into everything that you just said, and you're talking about morals and ethics and, and sex, uh, separating sexuality from who the person is as a person, as a being. And it's not allowing us to see each other as individuals, not allowing us to see each other for who we are. Uh, you know, I always say I let God sort out because the Bible's full of stuff. People getting stoned for even looking the wrong way at a woman, right? So there's there's lots of things in the Bible that I can't get down on. I think that's why Jesus came back and did what he did to say, "Hey, listen, we, we got to turn the other cheek. We got to love our neighbors. We got to take care of uh, of each other." Um, so, but I always say I'll let God sort that out. My job is to love people in my community and be an example that people want to follow. But. What kind of example are the teachers setting by setting aside math, science, English, all the things that kids need? They need this in order to be, to, to, be, to have opportunity in life. What, what is it saying to the kids when they say, no, this is more important and being a victim is more important than learning about the basics of life? The sad part is, is we're seeing in education um, the pushing of what's called social emotional learning it's do what you feel it makes you feel good you know if others are affecting you then they're wrong for making you feel like that and it's part of this castle doctrine this whole 
I guess you could say this new psychology of thought that they're trying to push in kids. And they're saying, you know, you don't want to hurt the kids. You don't want to damage them psychologically if they want to use pronouns or they want to identify as a furry. And when you're starting to get into things like furries, um, the identification is queer, you're blurring the lines between sex and kink. And now you're actually allowing kink and fetish in high schools. And you're saying, oh, well, that's just under the guise of affirmation. That's just how they feel. But it, at its heart, at its root, it has a sexual foundation, and that's where I I say as a gaze against groomer and as Mario presents, and that as a person, that does not belong in our schools, and it has no place in our education system. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. I researched and found that in 1982, the Supreme Court heard a case. Um, it's the Pico versus the Broad, Broad, Pico versus the Board of Education, and that Supreme Court case put the final nail in the coffin when it comes to perverse literature in our schools. Um, our schools are having students read gender queer or this book is gay and they're doing that under the guise of the gay straight alliance these gay kids need to have gay literature that they can read but the books themselves are graphically describing sexual contact between people the books are explaining the usage of um hookup applications where you're literally on a grid and you see all the people in your area and the children are learning how to use this and the 1982 supreme court decision said that that literature has has no place in a high school has even random vulgarity has no place in a teenage school setting and if the schools are going to allow that literature to be in the library to be read on campus the school is giving an implicit endorsement and that's what i was talking to apollo last night about is if your schools are giving implicit endorsements to read about these applications that are dangerous that's literally sell sex well let's go and look at the news let's look at this application in the news and the stories and you look up three words you look up grinder date dead and you're going to find story after story of people lured by this hookup application by predators who will lure them with the promise of sex and then literally victimize them and kill them those parents are never going to see those gay children again and we have high schools teaching this information to kids under the guise of oh this book is gay read about this character who happened to use this app to have their first sexual experience that's inappropriate I well, you know, you. that one shocks me a little bit because I've heard, a like, you know, we talk a lot about the grooming stuff. We work with groups. We have, you know, FEC United. They speak a lot about this, about what they're showing the children in schools. I had never heard the grinder part or that they're specifically introducing them to material that's instructing them to go, you know, use those apps. And it also struck me as a little bit odd that, uh, you know, you hear on the news, Uber driver did some weird stuff, killed somebody, abducted someone. You hear it about it on on a number of other apps, I've never heard it on Grinder, and I, I as soon as I searched it last night, it, it really uh, shocked me a little bit how many stories that there were. Thousands. Because when you said that to me, I was like, "Come on, that's not a thing." And I got on. And then you looked it up, huh? Yeah, I mean, you just go through trends. There's there's nearly twenty three hundred articles in the last two years of people being killed or assaulted. You know, I mean, critically wounded. using a hookup app, and the schools yeah, are yeah. teaching this. So, so I got a bunch of stuff that I want to run through you, uh, through with you. And um, here's this. This is a, a biology teacher that's telling us that uh, it's it's not women that produce eggs. So, I. I don't even know what to say. This is a woke biology teacher telling us that it's not women that produce eggs. Mario, will you please tell me who produces eggs <laughs> besides a chicken? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's always a female. It's someone with an XY chromosome. If this biology teacher thinks that 
females and women don't produce eggs. I'm assuming that this teacher thinks that roosters can, in fact, lay an egg. But we all know we'll watch a rooster all day, and all they'll do is not I'm, lay an egg. I'm hungry. I'm about to eat you as a rooster if you don't actually lay an egg. And it's like, I can't lay an egg. I have no way to lay <laughs> right? an egg. It's literally trying to pull I'm water trying. from a stone. <laughs> well, you know, this goes into what we were just talking about. You know, they say we have to clean up the language. This is about protecting the kids. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, the diagnosis of, you know, use with gender dysphoria urge has exploded. Uh, we've seen this, I think, in in reality, in the objective universe that we all live in, as well as uh, a lot of the data that's coming out, especially after the COVID lockdowns. But they, they keep saying that this is all about protecting the kids. And, you know, we have, to prevent, we have to prevent suicide. We have to protect their mental health, which is why we need to play these games and, you know, live outside of actual reality to say, okay, you're a chicken, you're a, uh, you know, a male, you're a, you're a woman, whatever. But meanwhile, their mental health is declining rapidly. Suicide rates are going up. And then on top of that, how do they how do they convince us that it's for their safety when they're encouraging them to go make themselves available to predators through these apps? The entire thing well, is the unfathomable. Doctor, one of the doctors, an endocrinologist from UC Colum was it um, British Columbia University or British Columbia Children's Hospital was just on video. Project Veritas released that video, and the doctor of endocrinologist said children have a major problem because they have this sense of immortality that it's not going to happen to them when we're talking about children who are diabetic teenagers who are diabetic they're very resistant to helpful health advice because they just don't care they don't care that they're not going to live till 20 oh they don't care that they're not going to have kids because in that mental state they're not they're just not mature enough to make these decisions it's funny because we have a doctor saying that. And then we have lawyers on the other hand turning around and saying, you know, that violent 16-year-old who murdered his brother and sister, you know, they aren't mature enough to understand the ramifications of their decisions. So we're going to put them in a juvenile facility until they're 26 because they really didn't understand it. We can't move them up to the general population at 21 like we used to do because they're just not there. We're going to try and lighten the sentences for these students. But then that 16-year-old can make the decision to sterilize himself. This is the, the, the backwards hypocrisy, and I'm here to really just draw that line and say, hey, you have this and you have that, so which is it? Is it this or is it that? And if you don't like this example, I can give you another one. We can talk about drinking, we can talk about alcohol. If you want to talk about gender dysphoria, let's talk about gender dysphoria. That's actually body dysmorphic. That's you're not comfortable with your own body. Then do we tell the woman who's not comfortable with her chest, hey, you know what, we're going to pay for breast augmentation because you're not comfortable in your own body. Are we going to tell that man in, in, in an Asian country with Koro syndrome who feels his penis is going to shrink into his body yes your penis is going to shrink into your body and we need to start doing all the things that we need to do in order to alleviate that body dysmorphia we are not going to do that we're going to treat it very carefully very privately and the schools taking their trans kids and putting them on a pedestal this kid just wants to be normal this kid just wants to be treated like everybody else and the teacher goes hi everyone we have a transgender kid and we're going to read a story about trans kids and everyone goes uh okay and now you're planting seeds of doubt in children and that's not okay no it's not okay but you know there when when i was in when i was in seventh grade we had this kid bart i was in sixth grade sorry and uh, in sixth grade, there's this kid, Bart, and we used to call him Old Man Bart. Actually, they did. 
And but I would laugh about it because they would pick on Bart because his brother pulled his hair out, so he had this little bald spot. Um, that was sixth grade. Now the reason why I'm telling you this story is because he was a little different. I didn't really pick on kids, but I didn't, you know, I didn't because I was picked on because my family, my dad's black, my mom's white, my whole family's interracial, so racism to me meant something. Like I, I just never fit in because of that. It was I would I had to run home from school, <laughs> right? Um, but in seventh grade, I called my my girlfriend. And I said, uh, my ex-girlfriend, well, it was my first girlfriend, right? First girl I ever kissed. You know you know how it is, sixth grade, right? And uh, she goes, did you hear about Bart? Now, I'm in seventh grade. And I'm like, no. Well, he killed himself. And, you know, the, I've started replaying the things that, because he left a note, replaying the things that happened that I could have prevented. And at that point in seventh grade, I became the bully beater. I became the kid that didn't let anybody get picked on. Like I was like, you pick on me. And you know, it, I didn't, I started to realize that I didn't mind fighting. So I became this fighter. If everybody's wondering why I became a fighter today and why I, I led from the front, why I'm not afraid, probably it's because of that, because that loss affected me for the rest of my life, right? So I think that there's something too, how do you protect people in your environment? But there's also something to the fact that some people just aren't gonna make it. Some people are going to get to that place where they, you know, they, they take their own life. But we're, we're enhancing that. Like there are more kids today taking their lives than ever before. And we're putting this in there trying to, to what I think is virtue signal to a place where kids already feel invisible. They're on their phones. They're, they're invisible. They don't, they don't have, there's no connective tissue. There's no community. We used to go out in the, in the yard and play with our friends and ride our bikes until the lights went off, right? We, that's what we did. Now they don't have that. They're alone. And they get all their affirmation from apps, from teachers, from, so they, they step out. And I know I'm probably telling you something you know. They step out and now they're all of a sudden special. And that's when yeah. it all starts. That's when they get groomed into this environment and and pretty soon you're down a slippery slope you can't get out of you can't right it's like telling a lie you can't right. you can't get back you can't crawl back from it and society doesn't yeah. let those people crawl back from it this episode of conservative daily is brought to you by dcf guns they're not just a supporter and a partner of the show they're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership along with being a staunch defender of the second amendment they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores so they have a gunsmith at every location they have the ability to do massive amounts of training uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh competitive shooting um they're also the best gun store in colorado uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off 
everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. No, uh, at Groomers, at Gaze Against Groomers, we actually have, we, we define grooming as the deliberate separation of parents from their children in order to teach them something contrary to the parents' belief system. It doesn't matter whether it's religious. It doesn't matter whether it's political. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's sexual. Stop getting in, in between parents and their children. That's a very sacred relationship. Um, and we, we've we heard the rumors, oh, gays don't have their own kids, so they have to make gay kids. We're not trying to make gay kids. We're just trying to let kids grow up to be who they're going to be. You know, <laughs> I don't think I know of any gay... I, I don't know of anyone that's gay that goes... Hmm. It's it was it was a struggle for 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 most of my friends who are gay or their kids that have that have come out. I mean, I have this the friend of mine, her her daughter Lissa, who I'm who's also by the way a Christian conservative gay woman who's married to another woman, mm -hmm. and I love on her, right? And she loves me, and she gets into these discussions with her friends like that's not how Joe is, or that's not how that is, right? She's she's very open, but it was a struggle. It was not something you'd wish upon another child. Right? Is it? No. I mean, it's it's a very difficult life. It's not easy. It's not an easy life. People say, oh, you know, you choose. I would, yes, I would choose the most difficult path on earth for myself. Like, I just don't. No, nobody would. But we're given the path by our creator. We follow that path. You know, as long as our path is good, our path will be blessed. When our path is bad, our path is full of obstacles and challenges, and we have to either learn to overcome them or we have to learn to avoid those obstacles and challenges because those some of those obstacles and challenges will draw us into a darkness that we don't need to go down. So you have to learn to identify the ones that you can overcome and the ones that you need to completely avoid. And that's, what I think, what the ultimate... Um, goal of a, being a parent is, is teaching these children how to do this. And too many parents have completely abdicated their responsibility to the schools. Okay, it's the responsibility of the school to teach my child morals. Oh, it's okay. It's the responsibility of the, the, the school to, to feed my child. It's the responsibility of the school to teach my child how to, to read, how to write, how to do everything. And they're even going to learn how to have sex at school. And then all of a sudden the parents go, wait a second, I don't like all this power I've given the schools, And it's almost too late. They need to wake up. They need to start reclaiming their power. They need to start reclaiming their position in the home as the guardians and custodians of these young young minds. The teachers only have them for a few hours a day, and they're running around this country going, they're my children. It's my kids. No, honey, they're not your kids. You didn't give birth to them. You don't pay their bills, and you don't hold their hands. Like I said in, in, in my video, you don't hold their hands when they're in the hospital. Their parents do. Their families do. That's who shows up at the hospital by their bed. Not you, Mr. Teacher. Maybe a couple of them have done that in the past, but for the most part, that woke teacher with the blue hair isn't going to be visiting the Christian student who had their tonsils out at the hospital. No, no, they're not. I want to, I want to, um, I want to go through this if I can. I've got a bunch of questions for you. Then I want to get into what they've done to you, which I think is, and your organization. I think this is absolutely abhorrent. You stand up. Anytime you stand up for what's good, you said it. We, if, you're, if your life is good, if you have good fruit of the tree, you know, you can see it. If you have rotten fruit, you can see that as well. 
Um, but this is a mother that reads an assi- a graphic assignment her daughter was required to do. Her mic then gets cut off because it's inappropriate for a public discussion so that the adults can't handle hearing the content, yet they readily give it to kids in school. Uh, let's go ahead and play this quick video. Nope, it's not playing. Why is it not playing? Um, A8. Well, this is fun. Oh, this is great. Okay, it's working it? now. It's working. All right. Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your or any in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your, thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. The teacher this, this required my daughter to read, memorize this and read this pornographic material. Excuse me, please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so please continue your public comment. Your, your time is, you've got one, one minute and 19 seconds. Um, I ask you simply, this is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much. Dr. Jara? I just, if you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material? And um, and memorize it and torture. Yeah, so they cut her mic off. They had a problem with her saying these, you know, these uh, profane words. And then if you listen to what they were actually saying, it was actually shaming the child who was actually acting this out in public in front of the class. It's vile. It's, but this is. The frustration that that board receipt got when they were like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this and they have to shut it down. This is exactly what we need to be doing at every single school board, at every single level, Um, whether we're reading their material back to them and they cut our microphone, okay? Whether we culture jam them. And if you guys don't know what culture jamming is, um, I'll give you a quick rundown. Alex Stein is a master at this. When he went to that city council meeting as dressed as Ronnie the rat and he's over there saying oh everybody needs to be a rat I'm transgender trans species blah 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 that's what culture jamming is what you're doing is you're shoving their culture back into their face kind of like that kid who turns around and goes I love mac and cheese and every time you ask them what do you want for dinner I want mac and cheese I want mac and cheese well finally you say okay kid I'm gonna give you mac and cheese and you give them a big bowl of mac and cheese that they just finally just go I don't want any more mac and cheese. And I don't want to see mac and cheese for another year. It was just so much. That's exactly what you do. You shove their culture into their face. Okay, you want to put CRT in my school? I'm going to find a 
Hispanic woman or a black woman or an Asian woman and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to show up and I'm going to have her go oh thank God for CRT my little black child my little Hispanic child is so dumb and these white kids need to have every advantage taken from them because they're so privileged and blah 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 I've done this at school boards and the school boards freak out because they realize you're giving them their truth in a package they no longer want they're, they're watching this racist individual going mira my child is stupid i cannot i can't do the, what you guys are doing so i thank you so much for the crt so you can uh, give my children the advantage because those white kids those racistas they don't deserve it they lived in this country for 200 years and they don't deserve anything my child has only been here for three months and they deserve the world i want to give them the world the board's gonna look at you go uh, but isn't that what CRT does? <laughs> I thought I did good voices. <laughs> I, I got nothing on you. That's just this is crazy. Well, can you, uh, Mario, real quick, because you you just queued it up, and it goes perfectly with what you were saying, Joe, about <laughs> about defending people and standing up for them. Can you just briefly, you know, tell the audience what would happen when, uh, like, some of those Antifa women. They would go out and they'd start attacking the men. They'd start hitting the men. I've seen this myself. We, we used to go out to all these rallies just say, stop trying to hurt people. Uh, and how they actually respond to that, because it's phenomenal. Oh, it's hysterical. So what happens is when Antifa tries to go after the men, they are, women usually are dressed in black, so you can't identify yeah. them. And all of a sudden they'll turn around and be like, oh, it's a woman underneath, after you've hit them. Um, but these women, these little tiny people, will come up to you and they'll go find the biggest, burliest man and be like, what, you think you're racist? You gonna hit me? You gonna hit me? And I would be that person in the rally that would, with my rainbow flag and my heels, and I would cross and I'd go right, I'd beeline right to them. Because if I see a small woman facing off with a big man, I'm gonna get right between the two and I'm gonna to turn to the woman and I'm gonna look at her and I'm gonna say, hi, honey, I'm gay. These hands are rated E for everyone and it would be a gay bashing because I will bash you. It does not work that way. And all of a sudden their eye gets like, oh Mario's my I, I'm not gonna win animal. this. I got another spirit because, animal. Yes, if, 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 if they hit me and I hit them, it's no longer a man hitting a woman. It's a gay man defending himself against a angry woman who doesn't like gays. And they don't like that. They don't want to see that on film. They want to hide that from the world. They want, But they don't know what to do. So what the woman will do is they'll slip to the back. The man will come in and start, you know, huffing, posturing towards me, calling me all kinds of names. And all of a sudden, our men switch place with me and they go, don't you call him that. That's one of ours. We don't we don't use those words. You're not going to use those words against our guys, or we're going to have a problem. And all of a sudden, they realize, oh, this unicorn is playing this defensive place. Where, what are you going to do? Attack him? If you attack him, now you're at black block, seeing attacking a rainbow unicorn, and that doesn't look good for you. The world will destroy you. That was one of the things that when Andy No got attacked and got milkshaked in Portland, um, I was wishing that he had some sort of identifying marker that said, I'm a gay conservative, because the images of them throwing milkshakes on him, beating him, hitting him, if he had just a little tiny bit of something that said, hi, look, I'm a gay, you know, unicorn, um, it would have been, it would have been 
game over for Antifa. They would have never wanted to see that film. They would have never released it. And um, I was telling Apollo, I've been attacked at the Wee Spa. I showed up when that woman um, said, hey, you know, a child was exposed to a predator. This predator was flashing their genitals at, to women and children in the spa. I need to say something. So I showed up at, with a bunch of patriots and I said, hey, pedophile is not a sexual orientation. There is no P in LGBTQ. Exposing your genitals as an adult to a child is not appropriate behavior. It doesn't matter if you're trans. It doesn't matter if you're gay. It doesn't matter who you are. That's not appropriate behavior. And Antifa decided to take it upon themselves to attack me, dox me, put my address on the freeway. They, they made flyers about me. And they've even doxed my husband, trying to ruin his business. And my husband doesn't care. His, his owner is a Guatemalan woman who immigrated here when she was 18 years old. She's going, who are these people? I'm going to sue the crap out of them. They're not going to be trying to ruin you. They're not going to attack you on the streets. This is not okay. You know, you're just over here trying to protect children. And look, they're pulling my flag. That girl had a camera in her hand and she's pulling on me. There's a camera in her hand while that man is trying to hit me with my own flagpole. It's disgusting. They they masquerade as as reporters while then actually physically attacking people with a voice that they don't like. Hey, Apollo, we know all about that attack stuff, huh? Seen it a few times, yeah. Dude, we we hit a guy so hard, and he, I hit a guy so hard, and Tifa guy he saw rainbows. <laughs> yeah, it was a, Good, he tasted it. Was, it. And and I tell people, I go, look, I, I've even told people that if they want to make threats and all that stuff, I'll meet them in the middle of the street in my boxers. I won't have anything on my box, and I'll just we'll just go to it, right? I'll just get on it, and I'll I'll, I'll tear your head off, and we'll. But if if I lose, I won't. You'll never hear from me again. I'll just yeah. So I won't lose. I don't lose. Exactly. I, I mean, I used to ride bulls in the uh, Gay Rodeo Association when in my twenties. So I'm, I'm a tough little character. I, you know, I'm very fearless when it comes to that. And just like you, I'll meet you in the middle of the street, and you know, you touch my stuff, all bets are off. You touch me, all bets are off. And I had one Antifa in Los Angeles. Um, they love to use sound as a weapon. They love to attack us. They'll put their bullhorns in our ears and they'll, you know, put it in our faces and be like, ah, screaming at us. Uh, I've seen it multiple times. I'm sure you guys have too. Well, I like to turn around and say, I turn about is fair play. So I've done it to them. And the second that they grab my bullhorn to do it, uh, uh-uh, don't touch my stuff. You've now crossed the line. You're going to have to deal with this sound energy weapon that you do to us. And all of a sudden you want to get mad when we protect ourselves because you don't like what we're doing. Well, honey, that doesn't work that way. You've now touched me. All bets are off. And I broke a nose before because don't touch me. Don't touch my stuff. Rated E for I'm everyone. <laughs> so yeah. good. Rated E for everyone. <laughs> so, Mario, there's one more thing I want to ask you about because we were talking and you brought up this idea of corporate communism last night. Yeah. And I thought that was phenomenal. So, first of all, uh, you got banned from everything. Yeah. We know Gays Against Groomers, they banned you from PayPal. They banned you from uh, Venmo. Venmo. Uh, and then now we're seeing, uh, you know, yesterday Kanye West and then uh, Cat Turd, who's a large conservative uh, personality as well. They've both had their accounts, uh, you know, Chase Bank banned uh, Kanye West. They are uh, canceling all of his bank accounts. And Cat Turd's, uh, the bank account for his podcast is now being uh, being canceled by Bank of America as well. So if you can just introduce us to, to what you were saying about that, because I think it's spot on. Yeah, so I have a theory. Um, I've been following 
all these lines for as long as I possibly can. And it's not that I'm going down rabbit holes because, you know, I always make give myself a lifeline so I can pull myself out. But the things that I have found are very troublesome. I feel that we're living in what's called corporate communism, where corporations are in control of not just the state, but the finances and basically the entire system, the media system. Um, if you don't agree with what the corporations are putting out there, their opinion, their position, they will do whatever they can to delete you, silence you, erase you, make your life as difficult as possible. Um, and when you look at it from the bigger picture, you say, well, corporations own media companies, corporations own pharmaceuticals, a corporation owns, um, obviously, if they own media pharmaceuticals, then they're paying for legislators and lobbyists. So ultimately, you have these giant entities um, who are nameless, faceless, full of boards who are controlling the legislation, the media, the information, the medicine, the food. And if you don't, they don't like what you did or what you're saying, they'll remove you like they did with Kanye West. Even my own um, coffee shop here in my local community, Butler's Coffee, they attended J6. They did not go in the building. They were just in the area as part of the thing of the event. But because their geolocation tagged them at D.C. on January 6th, while they were on vacation two, three weeks after that, they were in Florida, all of a sudden they got an email from Bank of America saying that they no longer were going to have a bank account with Bank of America and they had 48 hours to move their money. So this is not happening on just a small scale, we're seeing it on a large scale because when corporations get involved in the opinions and political uh, political opinions, world opinions, world politics, um, we're literally seeing what I call corporate communism. And you can see it again with Russia invading uh, Ukraine. It wasn't the U.S. that said, hey, everybody, we're going to pull all of our finances and support. We're going to do an embargo on Russia. It wasn't the U.S. that did that. It wasn't any governing body that did that. It was, in fact, MasterCard, American Express, Visa. They willfully and willingly pulled out of Russia without anyone ever having them say any sort of, hey, we're at war, let's stop doing business with them. They willingly stopped doing business with them. We see it with China and their credit score. We're seeing it with Canada. Um, Canada actually refused to give Rebel News a loan, the, what is it, the Royal Bank of Canada. They have all their finances in order. They have um, actual uh, money come, uh, re revenue streams and the Bank of Canada says we don't like your politics so we're just not going to give you a loan and you're not going to be able to get your money from us go somewhere else so we're seeing corporate communism at every level and if they don't like what you're doing they'll ruin your business make your business as difficult as possible so that you can disappear and fa or fall in line whichever that they want so, so let's talk about that for a minute. Let's put up what who owns Bank of America. It's really interesting that uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, which, by the way, is uh, Warren Buffett, owns 12.5%. So you can start to see who the really bad people are in this country. The Vanguard Group, BlackRock Fund, um, and SSGA funds. These guys literally are worth trillions of dollars and are literally dictating across the country. It's a cabal. It, it now is a cabal. It's... It's organized crime. So when you mention BlackRock Capital, and I don't know how far the rabbit hole your followers, uh, you guys want to go, um, but one of the things that I found interesting, because I've been involved and I've been watching politics for so long, um, during the Benghazi hearings with Hillary Clinton, um, Hillary Clinton, just before her outburst, that was very famous of, what difference at this point does it make? Everybody remembers that moment. 
Yeah. Literally, if you go back to the C-SPAN video, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, just before that happened, her assistant, Cheryl Mills, passed a little slip of paper to her when they were asking her these really tough questions. And she looked down at it, and then she had her outburst. But that action caused me to go, who is this woman? So when I started researching Cheryl Mills, after she left the State Department as Hillary Clinton's assistant, she ended up getting a board of directors position at Black Rock Capital. So this rabbit hole is very, very deep. This is very, very nefarious and unless you're you've been paying attention for a long time you don't know who all these characters are so as soon as you said black rock capital i was like oh you know what cheryl mills hillary, hillary clinton this is all connected i i keep a board on black rock anyone that's connected to black rock at any point i i've literally built out boards i mean apollo i'm good at this stuff right i build out this model and then the, inside the model you try to plug in the different mm -hmm. companies and people that are connected to it so that we can look at it and go oh now, I do it also for personal protection, like whoever works at BlackRock, here's, the, here's their names, here's what they look like, right? Um, but we have a serious so you knew problem. That then. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. And, and uh, uh, Christopher Stevens was my friend, Ambassador Stevens was my friend. Um, I had. Bless his heart. I mean, he, he was a naive man who just loved yeah. people, right? Um, I know a lot more about him. You probably know a little bit about him too. We won't talk about it here, but you know where I'm going with this. And and I also am was one of my great friends is is Tig John Tigan, who was in Benghazi. He was one of the guys that was on the roof that was protecting those Americans for for those 13 hours. So we have uh, we've gotten to the point where we recognize it, and now we have to work the problem. And that's why I think it's so important for. Ethics, morals, American values, you have a flag behind you, I have a flag behind me, Apollo has one behind him, that we stand up together and say, look, we've got to work the problem. We, we know who the enemy is now. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's not left versus right. It's not liberal versus conservative. It's values and it's Americans. It's Americans versus the traitors, the, the, the treasonous individuals that are trying to steal the ethos of our nation and weaken us because that's why they're doing it. They're, stealing, they're trying to steal the wealth of the nation, and the wealth is more than just our money and our resources. Their wealth is what's here. It's in our heart. It's our hope. It's our future. And that's what they're trying to steal from us with grooming these kids. If they steal those kids from us, our hope is gone. Well, I talked yesterday about Kanye West and two days ago about Kanye West, and we've had a serious problem on our Rumble channel where they throttle people, and I get messages every day. So I call them out, and, they're, and Rumble's kind of pissed off at me because I keep calling them out. People are like, they're sending messages to Rumble, like, why are you doing this to Joe? Like, why are you doing it? Because I talked about what I consider the problem, like the Jewish people, which is what I think Kanye West was talking about. That's not Jewish. That's the people that hide behind a shield of of being a Jew, so the you can't say, yeah, the groomers. You can't can't say anything to them because they're same with Antifa, right? I'm for everybody, a racist, racist, racist. When they in fact are the racist, they in fact are the bigots. They in fact are everything they say they're fighting against. And only until you get to the place where you stand up and do this kind of defensive positioning, where you switch places, like hey, shoulder to shoulder. All right, it's your turn. It's your turn. Yeah, yeah. That you start to realize oh. just how bad they are. And and once once we start fight start standing up shoulder to shoulder and switch places, um, that's when we become most effective. Um, I tell people, the unicorns have entered the field. 
the most difficult challenge for the unicorns is going to be to point their horn in the right direction because it's very easy for egos to get involved, people wanting to be, I want to be the face and I want to be... That's the hardest part to control with any specific, with any group, with but especially with a group that's unique like ours. Um, so as long as we can make sure that we point our horns at the darkness and shine our light at it, um, and not pointing at each other or pointing it at the people behind us, I think we're going to be effective and we're going to help you guys and we're going to be able to actually move the needle in a positive direction. All right, so I, I have a work the problem type of, of uh, proposition, and that is maybe we should have events together collectively. Oh, absolutely. Right? Maybe absolutely. we should start. Gaze Against Groomer should. wants to have events with as many groups as possible. We actually want to get uh, connected to as many groups as possible because we know parent groups are out there. We know parents are looking for the support. If you go to the school board, you're going to get called homophobic. You're going to get called transphobic. You're going to be called the bigot. You're going to be called all kinds of names. But all of a sudden, I do it in a pair of stiletto heels, and what are they going to say? They can't call me homophobic. They can't call me a bigot. They can't call me racist because... If they try to try to call me racist, I'll just bust out Spanish, and then, they, then they're going to say, "Are you anti-Latino too?" <laughs> they call you Uncle Tom, and you look at them like this. Because Uncle Trump, Tom is a hero. Sambo and Kimbo is the yes. word you're looking for, and that's what you are. <laughs> I can't get all right. Awesome. Look, we're we're almost out of time, and we end every show with a prayer. So I'm gonna pray for you. Yes. Um, but before we do, I want you, I'll give you the last word, and I want to know how people can find you. How can they support you? How can they connect with you? And I think that gays against groomers is not just about gay people, right? I think it's about no, all no, people. No, no, it's not. Gays Against Groomers is for everybody. Um, you can find me at MarioPresents.com, but you can find Gays Against Groomers at www.gaysagainstgroomers.com. You can support our work by buying some merch. You can donate as well. Um, but if you're going to buy merch, I encourage you to use my promo code. I, my, I have a promo code, MarioPresents, all one word. Save 10%. Inflation's a B these days, and everybody loves saving money. Let me see your shirt. Because uh, I saw it. Today I'm actually wearing a, a, a patriotic one. Nobody needs an AR-15. Nobody needs a little <laughs> bitch either. <laughs> but here you but yet, are. Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get away from the the uh, this PC thing and start having more authentic conversation. I think the authenticity outside of our country is what is destroying the soul of it. And so, being authentic and being able to have con tough conversations, even it's okay to have tough conversations. Uh, but I think at the end. We're a country that has been born on the idea that we can accept people where they are, not where we want them to be, and they're trying to strip that from our community. So I'll give you the final word, and then I'm going to pray for you. Well, thank you, everybody, for giving me the time and the platform to share my message. Um, I hope everyone just does one more thing. They hear my story. They say, oh, this guy made a video, made a blog. Before you know it, he's on the streets, and he's always just doing one more thing. So my hope is that you find that one thing that gives you passion, and you follow that passion, because one more thing added to one more thing from someone else, we can move mountains. Uh, amen. Amen. Apollo, you have anything before I pray? All right. Well, I did kind of want to ask you, did you see, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's all right, but did you see KJP's uh, statement? Uh, she came out and talked about oh my gosh. her uh, for coming out day, uh, that, you know, she was born in a traditional conservative family. Being gay in my family wasn't something you mentioned out loud or celebrated, but my family, like many others, grew to accept who I was. She makes this entire, uh, you know, ploy 
uh, you know, for the gay community and trying to highlight this as we're on the brink of World War III. But she neglects to mention the fact that she was raised in a conservative family. She wasn't groomed as a child. She wasn't thrown into this right. system that attacks their uh, their self identity and tries to destroy the relationship that they have with their family and isolate them. Do you, you know, what do you think about someone with that high of a platform uh, using that in, in such a way? They're deliberately conflating words, and this is something that we see. It's the le- the verb salad, or language salad that the left has really been trying to push into people. Um, they're calling children bodies with testicles. Now they're calling you know birthing people. They're erasing people's humanity, and this is part of it. She's erasing the humanity of her parents, who she was, um, the, the actual passion behind, and the love that she got as a child. She's throwing that all away to say. Uh, this is who I am, and I've never understood that. That's part of the the part of gay culture that I've never quite grasped onto is the fact that we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I have to throw away everything that my parents taught me because they didn't accept me. Well, guess what? My parents didn't accept me either. My parents are registered Democrats, and they hate me and my husband for being gay. They, after 19 years of a monogamous relationship, they will say, mijo, we're having a comida for your mom, pero don't bring that man, okay? You can come over. So, I don't think she's ever had something like that. And if she ever had to experience something like that, I don't think it should uh, it should allow you, allow it to paint your world in a negative light. This person has allowed that to paint their world and they're trying to paint everybody else's world with the hate that they have hate in their heart hate in their heart i'm sorry you have to go through that that uh so i'm gonna tell you a joke it's funny because my uncle uh john is gay and so i would call him anticle john and we would have fun with him it was fun like you can't be in our family by the way if you can't take a joke so he always took a joke and he thought it was funny i'm like anticle john what's up <laughs> That's good. I That's like our that. family. And we, we used to crack jokes about race because the thing that was most painful on the outside never let us affect us on the inside. So we were stronger that way. Um, and so it, it uh, you know, we, we you know, I'm, I'm sorry that your parents did that to you. Hopefully they come around at some point. Right. But if they Hopefully don't they do, but you know what? I have my husband's family is more than um, accepting. And the rest of the family outside of my parents is more than accepting. So I've lost this one element, but I'm not going to let that paint hatred for my parents in my heart now or ever, because they gave me such a good foundation that made me who I am. And I could never let that go. And because you accept them where they are and not where you want them to be, it makes you a freer person. It makes you be able to live your life and have joy and have peace. It really is what it's about. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for Mario. Thank you for his voice. Thank you for his courage. Thank you for the boldness by which he operates. Thank you for the example that he sets for others. Father, thank you for the time that he takes to stand in the gap, to accept others where they are, to speak with courage, and to make that courage infectious upon others. Thank you for the support, Father, that you've given him from his family. And thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to be able to speak to such a large audience today that they can take and become ambassadors of truth. Just thank you, Father. Father, I would ask you to put a special hedge of protection around Mario, around his husband, around his family, around those that he associates with, those that are out there trying to stop this indoctrination in our schools, this grooming of children. 
Father, I would just ask you that we can build on the unity, not on political affiliation. We, you know, we, we know that Republicans and Democrats, the establishment have left the people behind. I would just ask you to bring us all together in such a place that we can have the veil lifted and recognize who the true evil of our society is and help us to push that out, Father. Help us to be united in one effort, to be moral and ethical, to walk a path where we can teach our children what opportunity looks like in the future and protect it for them, Father. Help us, Father, that we may be diligent, that we may be humble, and that we may know when to lead and when we need to be led. Help us to set aside egos, set aside personal beliefs, the small things that seem to divide us, and to accept each other where, they, where we are, not where, where someone else wants us, or where we may want someone else. Father, please bless the, the movement of bringing us together. Help us to become as one. Help us to restore you to our community and to do the things that you have set us here for such a time as this. Father, I would ask you to expose those people inside our banking system, expose those people like BlackRock and tear down those walls, Father, and restore things back to our community and back to our families and stop them from enslaving us as people. Help us to be an example for other countries as well, Father, so that they can stand up and we can all stand up together. I ask for all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, brother. I appreciate you very much. Um, we'll be in touch. Thank you. And uh, we do have some events coming up that are rather large, and FEC United has events all over the country um, with other organizations. And I really do think we should have you meet with some people that I think that um, they're very authentic very accepting and at this at this stage we've got to start working the problem not complaining about the problem looking at obstacles but how we can step over them so god bless you and thanks for coming on thank you amazing dude unbelievably amazing and uh, I, I know he's still listening. I'm just saying I might not be able to have him on again because I see some comments that he has a better mustache. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> he definitely has got a better mustache than you, just so you know. Way better mustache than you. But I have the best beard. I just want to be clear. I got the best beard. Well, maybe on this show. On this show, yeah. Ian Smith's got a pretty fire beard. Oh, yeah. Ian does definitely has a fire, fire beard. Um, so with that said, listen, I want everybody to understand that uh, after you get off this show, it's not enough for us to pray you have to pray too. Prayer is powerful. It is. It has brought nations together, and it has destroyed evil that exists in our society. We're in a place of great restoration, and it can't happen without you. I'll see you guys tonight at four o'clock. My sister and my niece are in town, so I'm going to try and get my niece to drag in here to get her to step onto the show a little bit. Yes, that should be pretty neat tonight. But uh, she's uh, out here looking at schools, which is pretty awesome. So God bless you all. See you at four. Thanks, Paula. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, 
and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the Facts Blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.